Writers Festival Radio. My name is Sean Wilson. I'm the Artistic Director of the Ottawa International Writers Festival. We're broadcasting from the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Our official bookseller is Perfect Books on Elgin, and wherever you are right now, there's an independent bookseller nearby who would be more than happy to sell you some great books. Today, in honor of Poetry Month, we'll hear a conversation between Ellen Chang Richardson and David Lee about his debut collection, Mythical Man, and the upcoming Queer Monsters anthology he's working on. Plus, we'll hear a few poems. Our host, Ellen Chang Richardson, is an award-winning poet of Taiwanese and Cambodian Chinese descent, the author of three chapbooks. She's also the co-founder of Riverbed Reading Series, the founder of Little Birds Poetry, and a member of the poetry collective Seven. She also lives and works right here on the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg. Ellen's guest is David Lee. David is a writer and poet based in Vancouver and holds a Bachelor of Arts in World Literature, English and Creative Writing, and a Master of Publishing degree. Kai Cheng Tom has this to say about David's debut, Mythical Man. Lee's voice is as raw as the cry of a wolf, but his use of language is as meticulous as the construction of a honeybee's hive. These are poems that snarl, whine, gurgle, hiss, and rattle like the wild longing that's lived in your soul for as long as you can remember. Read them. Here's their conversation. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Writers Fest podcast. I am so excited to dive into your first collection, Mythical Man, whose one year anniversary is actually this year, this month. Yay, congratulations. And I also want to touch about a few whispers of an upcoming second collection and also on this really cool queer monsters anthology that you're co-editing. But before we get all there, this month does mark the anniversary of Mythical Man. So I want to touch a bit about that. And can you tell our listeners about the process behind putting it together and the choice of the awesome cover art, please? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Mythical Man was an idea that kind of sprung out kind of naturally after I completed my first chapbook with Anstruther Press. This chapbook was called Stubbleburn. It was like a tiny sliver of the giant collection that I was um, currently working on at the time. Um, so we selected like 12 poems for that chapbook, Stubbleburn. And I think I just kind of naturally emailed my editor at the time, like, hey, I have more poems. Do you want to see them? And <laughs> so luckily, or just by chance, and luckily, like he happened to be, Jim Johnstone, like happened to be the um, the curator of Anstruther Books imprint at Palimpsest Press. So uh, the poems that Stubbleburn, the Stubbleburn chapbook that was made up of um, came from this larger collection that I showed him. And it delves into the, te- the, the themes that are recovered in Stalwart a bit more. So masculinity, gay identity, um, uh, hookup culture, contemporary pop culture. Uh, so mythical man poems really just kind of pick, pick that apart, pick that apart a bit more and more in depth. So I got to explore a lot more uh, themes and topics in, in different forms, fun ways. So the first collection was definitely just me experimenting with poetry for the first time because I've never written poetry much before the, my chapbook or Mythical Man. So I was writing poetry from what I thought 
it should be <laughs> for me to understand it. So <laughs> that's I where like that, that came from. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot, actually, because one thing I noticed about your poems throughout Mythical Man is that they're very accessible. And Thank you. That's, that's actually what I really like about the collection is it, it kind of like threw me back into my, like there are certain poems in there that threw me back into my own childhood. And like, you know, it's, it talks about, difficult topics but the way that the writing exists is it's very easy to fall into an easy like kind of experience um can you talk about how the concepts kind of come into play in the four different sections because I do notice that even though it talks about different concepts like you mentioned earlier they all sort of weave their themselves through Mm -hmm. each section it's not like each section is its own yeah, I think, well, the, the themes that we've through are like, um, obviously, masculinity and manhood and the ideas that make up those two um, uh, facets of an identity, hence the mythical part, right? Because they're mm-hmm. stories that we tell ourselves and that you hear about people and what makes up a person's masculinity or manhood. So the first section of the book is called Nod and Be Polite. And a quick glance at just those in the table of contents, are, those poems are really um, outward looking, I think. So you look at the narrators, um, not from like the narr- where the narrator stands mostly, I think it's where the, what, who the narrator is interacting with and how the narrator appears to um, pers- the person who they're speaking about or, mm-hmm. or with. Um, and then the second part is called Because I Am, takes a bit of a more internal look, really kind of um, a self-interrogation of identity there in terms of where they stand in um, intimate relationships and uh, intimate relationships being with themselves or with other people. Part three is called message received. This one's a bit more um, kind of a social media, I would think of the, of the four sections here. So this one's definitely looking at interactions online and kind of the identities we form um, for ourselves, being an online presence or no, or offline as well, because there's poems called like, you know, Disco the Pug is mine and uh, celebrity sighting. It's, it's about like fantasy and like making up identities of you or other people just being um, from what you see um, visually. Wild Spell, that's a bit of, I feel like Wild Spell, the last part is a bit of the out, an outlier of the book, but it really ties it all nicely together because throughout the four sections, there are themes of fantasy and mythical references, but Wild Spell, the fourth part really ties everything together. And it just goes kind of crazy where the imagery gets really intense and visceral and kind of wild, animalistic almost. Like you have this poem called Hunt and a poem called Wild Spell and this poem called, um, where is it? Uh, Finally and Walking Together at the End of the World, Waking at the Beginning of the World. They're very origin story-like mythic tellings, I I like to think of these little um, snapshots of these characters. So. Yeah, that's kind of where that book is situated. <laughs> I, I like that That's that concept, actually, the mythic tellings. Um, you know, one of my favorite poems in the entire collection is actually in that last section. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to read it to our listeners. It's called Hunt. Sure. Uh, Hunt. Have you noticed how sharp and sparkly your talons are in the starlight? Let me lick them clean once you've finished stirring up my sweetest and most tender parts. Pupils dilated, I see hunters 
who've been stalking this forest for you the moment you entered to seek me out. Clutch me in the dark. Together we'll stay silent as I brush the vertebrae protruding from your charcoal-flecked skin. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit creepy. I love it's, it. <laughs> it's like very monstrous and like... Um, I, I like this poem because it kind of flips the perspective a bit like where the line goes. Um, um, I see hunters who've been stalking this forest for you mm-hmm. where the speaker is actually the monster. We don't know what the other person is, if they're human or if they're inhuman, but the hunters have been looking for them and not this person talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, um, the final two lines tie it up and saying that the other person is kind of monstrous where they have their vertebrae protruding from their skin and but yet they're held really intimately for this person. And yeah, it's, it's a cool one. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It's one of my favorites. Um, I think it also like really touches on how there is like a, a monstrous quality to all of the sort of societal things that you talk about throughout the rest of the book. And I, mm, that's yeah, like definitely. one of my favorite parts of it. Um, I also want to talk real brief about the cover. For those of you who haven't seen the cover yet, this is a really beautiful, sensual cover. And I just want to ask where you found the imagery for it. Um, I think it's this one's one of those stock photos that my designer, Kate Hargreaves, found, stumbled upon. I sent her reference material for snakes. Oh, for those of you who don't see, the cover is just a close-up on this. Um, and the back cover as well. It's this one image of this kind of snake body and he's and it's coiling around the entire book it's very um, undulating yeah it is you kind of have to pick sexual. one up yeah. <laughs> kind of have to pick up a copy to really know what we're talking about here yeah so you got to do that <laughs> but yeah the image of the snake um i knew from very early on i think this goes for a lot of the poetry i write um being individual poems or collections so like my next collection as well i latch onto an image pretty early on in the writing process and it really guides me. So the snake was one that really popped up for me for Mythical Man. Um, no, for no particular reason, I don't know why it came up. It just started, cause I wrote a lot of poems for this book because it was my first collection. I just kind of threw things at the wall to see what stuck. So in the end, I think I handed Jim like a hundred poems and we just mined 40 mm-hmm. for the collection. But throughout these different poems, not to my knowledge and not, you know, on purpose, there wasn't the snake being referenced to a lot of these different poems. <laughs> Either like um, a man is walking down a runway with snake scales on his face, or there's an actual snake in the desert in this one poem, but the snake does pop up here and there. And it perfectly speaks to the theme of myth, myth and myth telling. And there's a whole bunch of uh, meaning and, connotation tied to the snake image as we all know from like biblical references but also for my purposes it's a theme of um, an idea of change Mm -hmm. and shedding layers but also there's something about snakes for me at least I'm speaking for myself there's something about snakes that's very enticing about them but very terrifying as well but I always want to kind of want to I always want to kind of want to touch one (laughs) 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 but they're like really creepy they're no eyelids and but like there you really want to touch one but you know you there's something that you shouldn't because it could hurt you mm-hmm. but you know that speaks to the whole theme uh, one of the themes running through the book where it's intimacy and like um relationships and love where you kind of want to get into it but you know there's always that chance of it 
biting you back, (laughs) (laughs) but you do anyways. (laughs) I love that you talk about the references also for uh, snakes. I think there's like, yeah, there's the biblical references that, um, you know, everyone's familiar with Mm -hmm. and sin and all of that. But there's also like, in my religion and culture, like um, shape shifts mm. into a snake, yeah. which yeah. is like the best. And then she shapes shifts back into this kick ass goddess with a gourd <laughs> on her hip. <laughs> but uh, I, I find like that shape shifting, like comment that you made really poignant. And, uh, you know, it kind of like feeds into the next question I have for you, which is what your inspirations are, not just, you know, for this one, you kind of touched on it. I think readers out there should go buy the book and, and read it to figure out what other inspirations may have delved into it. But in terms of like your work as a whole, and when you're writing new pieces, when you're writing not just poetry, but other things that you write, mm-hmm. what, um, what and who inspire you and where do you go? Um, like what for um for who um one writer that really inspires me that I go back to and um yeah back to again and again today for their new book is Eduardo C. Corral um their new their new book Guillotine just came out but their first book um Slow Lightning coincidentally also had a snake on it I think about it what drew me to that book but Eduardo writes with such like animalistic imagery and so minimal in a and so minimal in a way but is so impactful and poignant that I really strive for in my writing and I do hope that comes across in my mythical men poems and my future ones where Eduardo does this thing where he like kind of zones in on this like one image or one idea and just really teases it out in a short poem and I just love that I love doing that in my poetry um, but yeah, so like that's one writer if you want to look to my inspiration. But for me personally, um, just, it like it come always comes back to imagery for me, mm-hmm. um, like compelling imagery that I dwell on for like a long, long time before I start writing anything. And I just spend so much time with it in my head. I think that when I write it, it's just so clear, at least for me. And I'll work at it, work at it, and to get it clearer and clearer to make it seem like the image is like right there in front of me. Yeah, so like, um, there's a lot of like animal imagery in the book, as you can just um, heard from that poem, Hunt. Yeah, so it's for me, animals and like nature in general just offer it's just it's such offers such like easy and like striking imagery that it's already there, and it's kind of cheating in a way. It's already there, but <laughs> no. so I take it. But I do like to spin it in an unexpected way. Mm-hmm. where you don't expect to have this narrator caressing and holding their lover who has vertebrae sticking out of their skin from their back. Um, but it's so I like to flip things on their head and, and explore them in unexpected ways. Um, there's another poem in the book where it's kind of a recipe for creating a man. Um, yeah, it's called Wild Spell, I think. And then so the narrator there just basically makes a man, but he takes these parts from these dead animals to do it, to to, uh, to, to do it. One of the things he takes is like the chromatophores in cuttlefish skin. And those are the, the cells in cuttlefish that um, are responsible for changing colors and texture. So oh, he takes so cool. that and puts that in a, a person to make them, you know, suit his needs. Um, and, you know, and either want to be uh, uh, visible when he wants to be or invisible when he doesn't, uh, wanna, doesn't want to be seen. 
So yeah, I like to take imagery like that and just like really apply it mm -hmm. to make it um, a, a vehicle and a movement in a poem, not just to have it there to look pretty, but to have it actually serve a, a purpose in that, to build a character. Do you find that you're building characters in your new collection as well? Mm, not so much. Mythical Man was very character-based in my opinion. Like the, there's very clear characters in that poem, especially in the last part. Mm -hmm. um, those two poems, Waking at the Beginning of the World and Walking Together at the End of the World, they're very like superhero origin stories almost. <laughs> the new, yeah, the new book though, it's it's very different. It's not really anything discussed in Mythical Man. I'm tired of talking about race and racism because it's so exhausting to do that all the time. So I'm like, especially I'm done. Especially <laughs> now. Yeah. Especially now. And like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So kind of the, the main impetus is for writing the second book, Dream of Me as Water, is to just not talk about that stuff because I'm so tired of doing it. And I, I don't want to be that writer who is always, just because I'm a writer of color, I don't want to be talking mm -hmm. about race all the time because it's not my responsibility to do so. <laughs> I feel so that wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 So dream it's, of me is water, water is going to be different. It's going to be just a bit more fun. Okay. Um, and it's that. like kind of the idea of the book is to dream of yourself um, in, in multiple ways that you can't always hold like water. Right. So mm -hmm. dream of me is water is think of me however you want, but just know that you know, the, the idea that you conceive me as isn't tangible and it's slipping through your fingers always, even for me, as I hold my identity and what it is, right? You know, that kind of reminds me of um, Matthew Celestis's book that recently came out where he's writing about craft in the real world. Um, it's it's like something, I, I don't know if you've read it yet. No, I've actually never heard okay. this book. Okay. Oh my God. No, don't be embarrassed. It literally came out, I think, the only reason I know about it is because of Rachel Thompson. Like I'm very involved with her writerly love community and she mm -hmm. has a lot of, um, you know, white, white writers in her community. So she prescribed this book as part of their book club and it's called Craft in the Real World and it's by Matthew Celestes. And it talks about how the idea of workshopping as we know it is very like white uh, gaze oriented. Mm -hmm. And he talks about like he's he's an Asian American mm -hmm. uh, like us, and he talks mm -hmm. about how you know in in a lot of writing, it's automatically assumed that the writer is white, the expert, or or, white. Yeah, or that. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so there's a lot of like feedback that's like, well, if your if your character is like Asian, how come you're not writing that they're Asian? And mm -hmm. it's like, well because I don't go throughout my everyday life yeah. saying, Hey, yo, I'm Asian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. have a big sign on my face. I like go yeah. around, you know, I talk to people on the phone. They can't really tell if I'm just speaking to them like this. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but how you, it talks, it does talk about rewriting identity. And I think mm -hmm. that's what um, you discussing your new collection reminded me of this because it is, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to order it now. It comes out fall 2022, correct? Oh my God, you're already talking about ordering it. I haven't written it completely yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it'll be after pre-order guys in the future, but um, I'm, I'm excited for what you might come up with because- I'm too, I'm excited and really a bit cool. nervous because like, 
being a writer of color, it's, it's um, and with a collection like Mythical Man, um, I've noticed a lot of the grateful for like, the, the many reviews and, and things said about it. But the thing that everyone always talks about in this book is my commentary on race and racism. And yes, it's a thing, but it's funny because when I was writing this book, I was not putting that at the forefront at all, really, because like you said, I don't, because we're Asian, you don't need to like <laughs> announce it and everything, right? It's like, I was just writing my experiences and, and it was never my purpose to like make this the poetry book about, you know, racism, racism um, about against some um, gay Asian men, but it mm-hmm. kind of morphed into that because it is a part of who I am, but it wasn't a thing that was, I was really focused on. Mm-hmm. I was mainly more having fun with writing about like things like snakes and like the imagery of all of that and just like, oh, yeah. exploring like the fantasies, more elements of it. You you know what else I really love about um, this piece is, you know, there's there, like this collection, Mythical Man, is that there's certain poems in here that really surprised me as well. There's one called Post One, where I'd never seen anyone write like that before. Thank you. Um, I'm really proud of those poems. My Instagram poems. Right? Yeah, they're really <laughs> freaking cool. And I have to say that I appropriated a bit of your writing in my chat book, in one of the poems in my chat. Oh, good. Book. Go for it. Because <laughs> I just, I love the way that you spin the language like that. And uh, it's very on the page, guys. So go out and pick up a copy of Mythical Man and Flip. Yeah, this one, I don't, I don't, I tend, I tend not to read po- this poem called Post One a lot because it's like a visual piece, mm-hmm. especially the last section where all those yeah. likes pop up. Yeah. So like the, the, there's two poems in this book and they're called Post One and Post Two. And they're about these two boyfriends who post to their Instagram accounts. And I'm assuming they're influencers. <laughs> and it's just kind of this it's I like doing this in poetry and this is not a there's another pair of poems like this in the new book where it's two different perceptions of the same event and, you, and there's okay. like a disconnect between who sees what and what they see so this this poem is called post one and it's the one perspective so mm-hmm. post then, one yeah and snap then post post two is the next perspective yeah. on the same po on the same post or on a different on post? the same post or the same post oh, that cool. comes up at least in my, my my may were i don't know if people, i don't know if that comes through because um we did place them a bit further apart in the book but um they're there well, the yeah. first reading, you know, you kind of spend time. I feel like any first reading, you're kind of reading it as a reader. So you spend time with it. And then it's like the second reading where things like that sort of start to fall into place. Right. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's deviate. I want to chat about something that you have in the works that is actually upcoming before your second collection and that's the upcoming queer monsters anthology that you're it's actually at the editing. same time okay well they're releasing up, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're releasing at the same time but the submission deadline is coming oh up, yeah isn't it? yeah so May i want yeah so i want to talk about that and about like how the concept came up for queer monsters and um like what you're looking for as you and daniel put this together mm. So Daniel Zomparelli and I, um, we go way back. <laughs> Daniel was actually one of the, he was, he, I know he was the first um, poet in Vancouver when he lived in Vancouver to invite me to do a poetry reading. And it was the very first poetry reading that I did. Um, I can't remember if, I don't even know how he found me. <laughs> he invited me to do a reading and I did. And kind of ever since then, I was like, gosh, five, 
six years now ago, but we've kind of kept in touch ever since, just exchanging poems and all that stuff. Um, but what he and I have in common is that we both really love um, horror movies. Um, I, and, and he, I think he does too, I think we talked about this, I watch them to calm down. Um, because um, I get a little, I have a little bit of anxiety sometimes, <laughs> and like a little, like a little false depression. So when I'm reeling those, I I watch a horror movie. <laughs> Jeez, you sound like my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like a real good horror movie. Like, okay, okay, which one's your favorite? You know, so I like going back to it a lot. Okay. Pennywise is my jam. Uh, <laughs> okay. I like I like. See, I like the monster movies, hence why we're doing the monsters, but like things like ghosts and like that really scare me, so I can't watch that. <laughs> like, like they really, like I cannot watch Listen, unless all, I'm with someone. All horror freaks me out. I can't yeah. even go. There. I can watch like monster movies and like demons and stuff like that because okay. that shit's like really fun. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry, I swore there. <laughs> but like ghosts, I don't mess around with them. <laughs> like, <laughs> they might exist. I don't know. Well, I just don't want them like following me to bed or anything. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, yeah. So, Daniel and I have been discussing um, uh, monsters. And um, mainly like Pennywise and Freddy Krueger, um, which I watched at a very young age. I don't recommend watching Freddy Krueger at like <laughs> 10. <laughs> but so we sent each other poems about that have these kind of monsters in them. So I sent him this poem called Pennywise. It's called Poem Age from Pennywise. And it's legit kind of an experience of watching Pennywise. Uh, it the new the, the new one not the old mm-hmm. one but the original one and watching that movie to literally calm my anxiety I don't know why maybe watching other people go through stressful emotions like really calms me down <laughs> so we came up with this idea to uh, to co-edit an anthology um, title right now is queer monsters because we don't know what we want to call it yet but we do we have noticed that like a lot of queer LGBTQ writers out there have um, written a lot about um, horror and monsters, whether they're made up monsters or like crypto monsters. Uh, so we kind of put together a call and confirmed some writers that would want to be in it. And then we pitched it to Arsenal Paul Press. And yeah, they were like on it, luckily. And <laughs> yeah. we got that rolling. <laughs> so and then they got back to us and they're like, okay, so we're publishing this fall 2022. That means everything has to be done by the end of 2021. Like, okay, I guess that's <laughs> enough time. <laughs> Hey, I think so. You've got, you know, writers have exactly a month and a day to get their submissions into you guys. It's true. As the time of this recording. So whenever this airs, um, you better already send me your poem. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so we're looking for poems or short fiction um, that have references or about monsters in them. Mm -hmm. Um, The fiction we're looking for, it has to have a queer bent to it. So Daniel is in charge of soliciting and looking through fiction. I am looking for poetry. We're going to help each other, of course. (laughs) But so stories have a queer bent to them. Poems, I'm looking for either like an ode to a monster Mm -hmm. or just, uh, yeah, a monster. It doesn't necessarily have have to have a queer bent to it, but contributors of this anthology do have to be, do have to identify identify as LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. IA2+. So we are looking, I'm looking for poems that have a good narrative to them, a good story in them, because 
I like poetry that I can um, I can understand and has a good character in it that I can root for, <laughs> whether it be a swamp monster or the Mothman <laughs> or Pennywise the Clown. Um, yeah, I want to read the poems having to do with those. And you can send your fiction or poetry to mymonsterwriting at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, the, the submission is May 5th, the, the submission deadline is May 15th, 2021. May 15th, 2021. Yeah, so I don't know if we're going to extend it or not, but we'll see. You can also find out more about the anthology and about the guidelines to submit at Arsenal Pulp Press's website. Yep. It's on there. Yes, it's on there. Um, I think we're winding down to the end of our podcast. And, you know, I, I'm like really excited that you sat, took the time to sit down with me today and chat. And I'm hoping you can read us a few selections from Mythical Man. Yeah, for sure. To- Thanks for having me, though. It was nice to get that email. Yeah, I'll be on it. Yeah. Uh, So I'll read, let's see. I'll read that Instagram poem, post one. So this one's one of the perspectives from one of the boyfriends. Post one, snap. Nothing really happens unless there are pics. I'm taking a selfie of us, sunlight hugging our shoulders, your hand around my waist. My tangerine tank top matching your hashtag gluten-free soft serve. Before I let you know if you look good, I want to make sure the frames of my Ray-Bans are sparkling. I'm hotter behind sunglasses, casually leaning on the pier before the sunshine leaves us for good. Filter. Black and white is how you would filter us because that's your style. But I'm going to make our picture loud with color. Drown us in my aesthetic in the moments with hashtag no regrets. We're a hashtag relationship goals kind of couple. What they see is what they'll want. Adjust the lighting. It can be better. Dial up the glow I got coming off of my cheeks. Focus that Versace logo on your sleeve. Share. Hashtag blessed. Like, 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 like. There's a bunch of lights on that for the end of that poem. And I don't know how many there are and I don't know how many to read because <laughs> there's so many. They're influencers. They get so many likes. <laughs> Not in be polite. Being unnecessarily reminded to say hi to grandpa again. Arm unnecessarily grabbed and shoulder slapped again. Hearing nostalgic stories about Vietnam again. Asked when I will get a girlfriend again. Reminding grandpa that I won't ever have one again. Being told how going to Vietnam for a wife is the norm again. Here, I'm from here. <clears throat> so this last poem is called, Where Are You Really From? That's one of my favorite questions to get asked me in all the time. Mine too. I'm like, Oakville? <laughs> <laughs> like Victoria <laughs> Island? <laughs> <laughs> Where I was born. <laughs> Where are you really from? Sent to ESL class in fifth grade. Went home to finish Harry Potter on the love seat. Told to learn about the Irish potato famine through an early reader's book. Read about red-eared slider turtles in bed out of curiosity. Failed math tests to everyone's surprise. Finished spelling tests the quickest. Memories recalled because they ceased to mummify. Ice melts in the champagne bucket while he waits. 
Oh, well, thank you again, David, for sitting down and chatting with me. Those who are listening in, you can pick up Mythical Man at palimpsestpress.ca or your local independent. I'm a big proponent of the local independent. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks for having me. That was Ellen Chang Richardson in conversation with David Lee. His debut collection, Mythical Man, is available now, and you can find more information about the Queer Monsters Anthology on Arsenal Pulp Press's website. As always, I want to thank you for supporting authors and booksellers through these difficult times. It's always a good idea to buy a book, and of course, you can't go wrong supporting local independent booksellers. Our spring season runs until early June, and it's all available online at writersfestival.org, so all you need to do to connect with some of the world's most acclaimed authors is click play. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and don't hesitate to recommend it to a friend. If you enjoy the podcast or any of our virtual programming, please consider making a charitable donation. Your financial support will allow us to continue to bring you the world's most interesting authors and thinkers. This podcast is produced by Aaron Flynn, original music and sound engineering by Mike Dubé. Kira Harris is our program director, and I'm your host, Sean Wilson. I want to thank the Ottawa Public Library, the Government of Canada, the Government of Ontario, the City of Ottawa, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, Carleton University, and CBC for their ongoing support. And thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>